Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the November 28th, a.k.a. the 300th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And that's a pretty good achievement. 300. Yeah, 300 is a pretty big deal. I've been here for since, like, 76. Nope. 71. Was it 71? I believe it's 71, yes. Wow. Okay, I've been here a long time. Because you sound like you're 10 years younger than you are right now. <laughs> well, I was almost 10 years younger than I am now. Oh, yeah. And you sound like you're about 15. I always laugh when I listen to those old episodes because he sounds so young. <laughs> so if anybody wants to go back and listen to some of our early stuff, it's really bad. I mean, the content is good, but the sound quality is awful, man. We've definitely improved there. And I know we still have kinks sometimes, but generally speaking, we've come a long way from those earlier episodes. Yeah, he started it way back in the day. What was it? Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. What was the very first episode of this podcast? It was the KNFB Reader, and and not the one that was the app in your phone either. Well, it was an app in the phone, but it was not an iPhone app or an Android app. It was a Symbian app on your Nokia N eighty two or your Nokia N eighty six. So those were the two phones. It might have worked on a couple other ones, but I know those were the two supported ones at the day. The N82 came out, and then the N86 came out, and there you are with the KNFB Reader. The irony or the funny part of the KNFB Reader was in 2008, I was in the oldest running restaurant in the country, which was the Union Oyster House in Boston. And here I am in this old restaurant with my high-tech at the time technology reading the bill, and the server was very impressed that I was able to read the bill. Yeah, a lot of people think that's cool, and she was one of them. But that wasn't in the podcast. That was just something that was done. Very cool. You think how far we've come since 2007. Mm -hmm. There are old Braille scents on hand or, you know, those kinds of things. There's old robot vacuums coffee makers, fans, I mean, all kinds of stuff was just put out. And it really was a, whenever I felt like putting an episode out, that's what you got. And it kind of evolved into the podcast you know today, which was every two weeks. And we haven't missed an episode since 2017, May-ish of 2017, I do believe. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is correct. So that's pretty great. And so we've been coming to you regularly for a long time now. And we started out as two people who were kind of interested in making this something bigger than it was. And look where we ended up. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how life changes. And here we are at episode 300. Now, those of you who are sticklers and know about the podcast may say there are more than 300 episodes in there. So we're talking about the numbered MA episodes. Right. There were some bonus episodes, like somebody pointed out recently on Jonathan Mosen's podcast about him reading the story about Louis the Christmas Elf. And that's actually in there. There was nothing modified. It was just something I thought was cute. So I dropped it in and he didn't seem to mind. So that's great. But it's just a little story of him reading about Louis the Christmas Elf. 
Yeah, it's always fun to have some different things. We've had some really great guests over the years, and it's just been fun. We try and mix it up and do things differently. As you guys know, if you're just discovering us, welcome. We always have new people wandering in and out and hopefully in and staying in terms of people listening to us. And if you want to get the full scope of what the podcast was and how it's evolved, you can visit mysticaccesspodcast.com and you'll be able to go through the entire archive. And one of the cool things that I love on that site is we have a little widget that will show you random episodes of the podcast. So you can kind of see what it shows you on a particular visit and really sometimes dive way back into the archives to see some interesting things. It tells you how many years ago the episode was, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's amazing. Time really does fly. Speaking of amazing, we want to take a second to thank all of you who joined us on our day after Thanksgiving traditional open house. Thank you guys so much for coming. Now, might as well mention here, we had a lot of people register while the open house was going on. And we weren't able to approve you because we were actually in the open house. So apologies for that. If you registered at 12.45 p.m. Eastern time. Eastern time. You did not get let in just because we weren't looking at registrations that were coming in as we were getting ready and jumping into the event. The thing to keep in mind is that while it only said three hours, it went for a little longer than three hours. It did. It did. We just never should have said three hours in the first place because we should have known that A bunch of people would end up there at the end and some great conversations would be being had. And so we were automatically going to go over. So thanks to those of you who stayed until the end and hung out with us. And it's always fun. And usually by the end, you get like a regular group of people who just love to hang out and talk. And that's kind of what happened this year. Of course, we also got some great new people. So thank you guys so much for coming. Those of you who contributed, those of you who sat around and lurked. We're happy that you showed up. Always fun. And we certainly had our international bases covered. We know for a fact we had the U.S., Canada, the Netherlands, and Australia present. And we may have had more, but those are the ones we know about. So always great to have everyone come and hang out. It's a tradition we do. We usually have another one in July right after conventions. So we will do that again next year. And so those are our two fun, free, just informal things that we always have going on. So you're welcome to join us. and. Registration will probably always be a thing, so if you are uncomfortable with that, we apologize, but we're not changing that, and it was just a great time had by all. We will mention again why we're not taking the registration away is because of the Zoom bombing that we had, which was awful in the one yes. couple few years ago, Thanksgiving, during the pandemic, people just have nothing better to do. So they found the link, they found the information, and they joined, and they were not cool. No. It was a very uncomfortable experience, and we're not going through that again. And we're not putting our people who took the time to hang out with us on the day after Thanksgiving through that again either. So we will not change that rule. But thank you. It's always fun to have you guys, and it's just a tradition that we built up over several years. Now, we were trying to figure out when the first open house was. It was something that we talked about actually during the event. When was the first one? We're still working on figuring that out because from what we're seeing, it was later than we thought, but I'm not sure I'm buying it. So we'll keep looking into that and figure out when that was. But I'm not sure I'm buying it either, but I know it was after Zoom, after we signed up for our Zoom accounts. So whenever that was. And was we can f- figure that out in our records. Right. Was the first one. So, yeah, we'll try and figure that out and let you guys know somewhere in a newsletter or something or on the podcast. We'll share that information. 
we're going to travel into the Mystic Access Magic Castle, and we're going to speak with Matthew Paquette from Humanware, and he is going to talk about with us the release of the Stellar Trek audio tutorial that we've been working on for quite some time. This is a labor of love. This is also something that was very difficult to do. Yes. Because when you're talking about GPS, you're talking about location information, and you had to be very, very careful when recording it that you're not giving out your location. Absolutely. So, so we will now enter the Mystic Access Magic Castle. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. So welcome, everybody, to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. We are here with somebody who definitely could make his way and find his way to the destination. And we have Matthew Paquette here from Humanware. We're going to talk about the Stellar Trek as well as the literally just released Stellar Trek audio tutorial that Kim and I have been working on. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going great. Very excited about all the new goodies to talk about. Well, they're not necessarily new to humanware, but they may be new to some of our listeners because I know sometimes people are wondering about certain products that maybe they don't know as much about. Like the stream gets lots of love and a lot of people have them. A lot of people knows what it is, but the Stellar hmm, could be new to some folks. So maybe let's start there. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so Stellar Trek was released about a year ago. We're talking about August of 2022. It is a successor of the Victor Reader Trek. So, you know, we've had a long history at Humanware. It's been about 20 years now that the first Trekker has been released. So 2003 was the first Trekker. And then, yeah, I've said this a couple of times, but the back in when the Star Trek went into development, what the team figured was, what do we do to make GPS fun and exciting? And what do we do to make it innovative? So it was through the addition of two cameras on the back which might seem counterintuitive for a device made for blind people, but those cameras allow us to do a lot of cool stuff. We can do address recognition, we can read barcodes, we can see colors. So yeah, we had all of those features. And then one of the challenges that I had was, you know, the fact that we're adding all of those cool features, but that are very, very new and not very, very intuitive for a blind person to use. How do we get people to learn about them and get thought? And then I was fairly new in my role as a product manager at Humanware back in 2022. I started in March, we released in August, and I was fairly new at Humanware too. I'm about to celebrate my third year soon. So someone told me, have you heard of Mystic Access? And I said, nope. Well, I, I think I saw the name on the website once or twice, but I'm not too familiar. So I was introduced to you guys and I saw the content that you did for some of our previous products and I was very impressed. So I asked you guys to do a tutorial for the Stellar Trek about, eh, it's been a year and a half now, so around May of, of last year. And it took a while, and for very good reasons, because the quality of the tutorial, I've reviewed it, is phenomenal. But some of the challenges, you know, that you guys had doing it, you know, one, the product wasn't very mature when it came out. There were some issues, for sure, that caused some issues for you guys to record, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about what went on and why it took about a year? <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the things that I can say confidently, first and foremost, is that I learned a lot about GPS <laughs> as we were in the course <laughs> of doing this. Chris is an old hand. He's been doing this for years, but I am not. And 
for me, this was a great learning experience. So not only did I get to learn to use the Stellar Trek from scratch as, you know, pretty much as he did because we were reading the manual and we were learning all about it and, of course, doing a lot of testing and playing and figuring things out. But I got to learn a lot about not only the terminology and how things work, but how things work in the real world. And, you know, that was one of the things that took so long, too, is how the heck are we going to incorporate all of this? Because it can get complex. It can get a little overwhelming. It's like, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to put all this together in such a way where it feels cohesive, but it's also intuitive and fairly simple for people to find what they most need to know, what they need to look for, what kind of real world examples are we going to throw in? So we wanted stuff for our U.S. people. We wanted stuff for all the various provinces of our Canadian friends. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we had a lot to do in terms of figuring that out and how it was going to work, how it was going to go together. There was the whole thing of finding time to get outside and actually make that portion, how we were going to put some creative elements in so it wasn't boring. I mean, there was a lot to it, but I am so proud of it. And I know Chris is. It has just been a real labor of love and just a very intensive project, but a tremendously fun one now that it's come together. Yeah, and we get to hear Chris a whole lot more in this tutorial than on the Stream 3s. Chris, you want to talk about it a little bit? <laughs> sure. As many of you know, I have been using GPS in some way, shape, or form since 2002, where I first purchased my BrailleNote GPS with no maps. So the way that that worked was that you manually created routes or you navigated to a point of interest. So in BrailleNote GPS 1.0, there was no way to look up an address. There wow. was no streets. There was no nothing. And when I did that, I went to Wildwood, New Jersey one year with someone. And I created a manual route from where we were staying to the entrance to a boardwalk. And now they had points of interest. But you couldn't really, except for Dead Reckoning, you couldn't really get to them. Mm -hmm. But... I was able to independently, once that route was created, I was able to do that trek to the boardwalk and then use points of interest, dead reckoning, while on the boardwalk to find certain places. So that was my introduction to GPS. And then GPS systems matured. We got mm -hmm. maps. We got route creation. We got route recordings. All of the stuff that the Stellar does as well. But one of the really cool things that you'll see in the tutorial, and I'm quite proud of, is the outdoor section. So the outdoor section allowed us to put it all together. Like, okay, well, fine, we're walking down the street, but you get to hear somebody walking down the street. And when we used the camera outside, I was trying to find the address to Rite Aid. I was actually at Rite Aid. And the thing that blew me away, because it was actually the first time I did it, I used Quick Read to aim it at the Rite Aid and was able to read signage. So I was able to read the phone number. I was able to read the fact that they sold ice. I was able to read the fact that they would proof me if I went in and wanted to buy some alcohol. So, <laughs> I mean, just the stuff that you don't really think about that's not going to be in a database. There was real signage there that I was able to read with the Stellar. And also, there's another part in the tutorial, too, where I use the color identifier to figure out if that's my recycle bin or if that's my garbage can. Yeah, that was very, very cool. That is part of the tutorial that I really like. 
And when our people at Humanware heard it internally, everyone was like, wow, what a stroke of genius. That's a real life, very day-to-day application for that color recognition feature, which, you know, doesn't work perfectly because, you know, and we see it in the tutorial. And that's part of the thing that I like as well is that you don't sugarcoat it. I mean, you show it like it is, meaning that, you know, the first time you went out to try this, it was like 6 a.m. and it was super dark and there was no light. (laughs) Right. And that's it. Like, if there's no light, the Star Trek's not going to work miracles. And I've told this anecdote a couple of times, but I remember about a year ago at this time of the year, I went out, I was in the parking lot. So I myself am sighted. So I went out to my car in the parking lot of a mall. And I thought it was in my car because the color with the reflection of the lights and the way the sun was setting and everything, I thought it was a different car. I couldn't find my car. I'm like, this is not my car. This is not the color of my car. My car is red. This is purple. So, I mean, we all remember about 10 years ago, the whole craze about the blue and gold dress, right? Like uh, that was a thing on the internet. So, so yeah, obviously the color recognition will work good under optimal conditions. If it's not optimal, then yeah, I mean, it's not going to give the best results, but it is what it is. But I really like the fact that, you know, your segment where you go outside and you walk, which lasts about half an hour, if I remember correctly, I thought was great because it really showcases the fact that we have multiple tools. You know, you're trying to do an address recognition, but it doesn't work because the address is on a glass window, which reflects the sun and it's not, you can't see it. So you turn to quick reading and you got the right aid signage. So that told you that you were the proper destination. So that's exactly what it is. And when we made a lot of those features, you know, we have some people at Humanware and that's something that I hear sometimes. Oh, you know, do you have blind people at Humanware? We absolutely do. We have about 15% of our staff that's either low vision or blind, different level of blindness. And the testers, one of my colleagues, he's just a product owner for the Stutter Trek, and some of our testers, Jérôme and Simon, they test these products extensively and they're blind. And sometimes when we come up with some features, like for example, when we came up with the address recognition, so when you get at your destination, you can, you know, put your device in front of you, take a picture of the door. It'll tell you where the door is and if there's a number on the door or nearby so that you know that, you know, if you are going to 123 Main Street, then if you're in front of 125, you know, you need to go one more door down. That's a feature that when they first heard of and when they first tried it, they were very skeptical. They were telling, you know, they were telling us, eh, you know, we're not sure if it's that useful and it's difficult to use. And for sure, it's not super intuitive. We understand that. And it took some getting used to. It took some training to get there. But now that they have it and they know how to use it properly, if I were to tell them that, you know, we're taking it away from the stutter, I would get murdered. Like, they absolutely love this feature. Use it on a daily basis. It's a great, great feature. But that, you know, that's the challenge of coming up with new and innovative manners of doing things. Sometimes you get a little bit of resistance. And they were really nice about it, by the way. I don't mean to make them sound like jerks or anything, because that's really not the case. But yeah, I mean, we have to find. And then through tutorials like this one, which is a short tutorial, only seven and a half hours long. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's separated in sections. It's bite-sized. So you can, you know, review the sections you'd like to hear or not. But I have to say, it's just like the stream tree tutorial was great. This one is also phenomenal and it will grow over time, right? So as we add more features, as time goes by, the team at Mystic Access will be adding some sections to this tutorial, making it grow and, you know, allow our users to fully enjoy their stellar track. Absolutely. And I hope one of the things that people get out of this is they're thinking, you know, a lot of people will automatically see price tag and be like, whoa, no, you know, I can't do this for 
just GPS. But number one, it's so much more than just GPS. But number two, it offers such innovative features that really haven't been done and that really make the product like the address recognition, like quick read, like detailed read, you know, many of these things that make things so much easier to figure out. And it's not to say that it's easy. It's not to say that, you know, you're going to get there and magically end up at your door or wherever you need to be. But it makes things much easier than they could otherwise be. And got to say it, there's still plenty of advantages to having a designated GPS device. It's going to last so much longer than your phone. We were going to a family event earlier this year. And what happened? How long? What percentage went from like a whole day of being off and driving? We drove forever. I mean, it was just a long, long day. And, you know. Lots of things happened, and when we came back, I think we'd only used, what, 10% or something? If that, yeah. If that? I turned off the Wi-Fi because I didn't want it to continue to scan for Wi-Fi when I knew I was way, way out. It took probably two hours to drive one way. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, we were gone at least like seven hours. Right. And the percentage and the battery... And what's really nice, too, about the GPS or the Stellar Trek is that it allows you to virtually browse a map. Now, Kim, what do you yep. think about that feature? Because I know you're not, how do I say this nicely? You're, you're, <laughs> you're not the best in orientation and, and figuring out where things are. There, what there's... a very tactful, nice way to say that, dear. Thank you're you. You're sleeping on a couch tonight, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's actually a really nice way to say it because I am terrible, terrible. And it doesn't help that I inherited my mother's sense of direction. My mother sighted. And she has awful, awful direction. Like, she can lose her car, like, every time she goes somewhere. I mean, it's so bad. But I inherited that on top. So, you know, not helpful. But I think the virtual stuff, for me, is tremendously helpful. It's a great tool for learning. So not only can you use it to find certain places, you're going to, because I've been in this city for almost two and a half years now. You know, came 700 miles from my home state up here. And so I had a lot to learn. You know, I wanted to learn where things were and what was going on. And a really cool way to do that is using the virtual information available through the GPS because you can learn, well, this is on this street and this is over here and this is over here. And you make a mental map of your surroundings. And it's powerful because suddenly you realize you know more than you think you do, which is really helpful for people like me who are not as great at (laughs) figuring things out like that pretty quickly. Her parents came up one week for a visit and her mom and her and a friend went out grocery shopping or doing We were just having some girl time, yeah. And she says, well, this store is on this street and this store is over here and blah, blah, blah. So she was able to utilize the virtual aspect. And, you know, we create virtual routes. We create, we just walk around the block virtually. We search for points of interest. I mean, we do it all. If there's a feature in there that we didn't cover, I'm really surprised. Yeah, I would be shocked because there's a lot in there. And it's any of you who have experienced any of our documentation previously, there's no fluff. What I really love about this one, though, that was not able to happen with the stream is that there's a lot of give and take between us. It's the two of us playing with it for seven plus hours. So I love that aspect. We love to work together and it's a lot of fun. So if you like that kind of give and take, and those of you who listen to this podcast, you already know kind of what we're like. And you get some of that in the tutorial. So hopefully that keeps a little bit of boredom at bay as well. I absolutely love the fact that it was both of you. I mean, the stream tutorial was great with just you, Kim, as well. But this 
you're completely right. It brings a completely different dynamic and it makes it, it does make it a little easier to listen to in yeah. the sense that it's not always the same voice, but it's absolutely very comprehensive at seven and a half hours. I, you know, I don't think you've missed anything. We listen to the whole thing and our testers internally listen to the whole thing as well. I don't listen to content at high speed, so I listen to it at normal speed, so it really did take me seven and a half hours to listen to it, which was fun last Saturday of last week. But I mean, by all means, it was, you know, it was really great. It was fun. I had a few notes here and there that you've put in and integrated into the tutorial, which I appreciate. And yeah, we're happy to launch this. And, you know, it's completely free. That's the beauty of it. It's completely free for anyone, not only if you bought a Stellar Trek, even if you haven't bought one, but you'd like to know you know, oh, what can it do and how does it work? And I'm not sure if I want to buy one or you're just curious. You can go to support.humanware.com or to mysticaccessdownloads.com and you can download the whole tutorial, listen to either the whole thing or just the sections that are of interest to you. If you're not interested in, you know, we just talked about the virtual navigation, which I believe is a great feature, but some people might not be interested in that. If you're not interested, just skip it. It's really broken down by section, and you can listen to whatever's of interest to you. But I think it's going to give you some great information about the Stellar Trek. And once again, for free, we wanted to make this available just like the Stream 3 tutorial. We wanted to make it available for anyone who wants to listen to it. And we're really happy to partner up with Mystic Access to do so. Absolutely. Yeah, we love that too. And we love the try before you buy aspect that it gives all of you. So if you're thinking, I don't know, I don't know if GPS is for me. I don't know if I can figure this stuff out. Because believe me, I get you. You know, I know where you're coming from. I'm one of those people too. So if you're that person and GPS is one of those stumbling blocks for you and you're thinking, oh man, you know, can I really do this? Just check it out. You're only spending a few hours of your time to figure out if this might be something for you, something that would enrich your life and make travel easier or at least. Even if you don't use it to like walk around your city, even if you're using it in a car with other people, you're going to be able to make that mental map of your city. And that's invaluable. You know, just being able to do that is tremendous. So there's so many reasons you might use it. I know Peter was saying at one time when we were talking about this that people were buying it just for the scanning capabilities. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got lots of options. Yeah, the OCR feature to read text, to be able to read text, either reading text in your environment, you know, you get to, you go to a park and you can feel that there's a plaque there that talks about some historical facts or a statue with a plaque. Then you can whip out your stutter track, take a quick picture and have it read back to you, which is great. If you're at home, you've got a document, you want to read what's on the box of rice that you just pulled from your cupboard, you know, that's something you can do as well. We also have the barcode reader, which is a more recent feature but it allows you to read barcodes off of food and beauty-related products. So when we say beauty-related stuff, like stuff you would find in the CVS outside of the drugs, so stuff like toothpaste, shampoo, and all of that, you're able to scan. And if, you know, your item is found, so if you take something that's very common, like a can of Coke, for example, it's obviously going to be found. If you have something that's a little bit like, let's say, a hot sauce that's very regional to where you live, it might not be in the database, but you could add the barcode to your personal database. And then the next time you scan that bottle of hot sauce, it's going to read back to you whatever you decided to put in, either a voice tag or text. So we thought that, you know, we really, we needed to go, every time we make a decision like that, we always make it with the mindset that this is a product that's going to be used by blind people. Because obviously some of the developers, myself, we're not all blind, so we don't all, you know, that's not always our first thought. It is for our testers, and thank God, but for you know, for myself, and we always have to remind ourselves this is going to be used by someone who's blind. 
So what can we do to make it better for them? And yeah, absolutely. It's a great device. Some people will say, oh, you know, I have GPS on my iPhone and, you know, it works fine. And by all means, if you do have GPS on your iPhone and you're satisfied with it and everything, the Stutter Trek is probably not a product for you and that's okay. I mean, there's different products for every people, but this, the Stutter Trek for people who want to either, you know, they're not super comfortable with touchscreen interfaces and stuff like that, or they want a dedicated device that can do it all that will save their battery's life. Because as Kim mentioned, you know, they went out for a six, seven hour trip. If you do six, seven hours on GPS on your phone without being plugged in, your phone's going to be dead. About three hours. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android phone. I have Pixel. But I know as soon as I put on my GPS in my car, I have to plug it in because otherwise you can literally see the percentages go down. It's about, yeah, let's make it generous and say three hours. Whereas on the Stutter Trek, because we don't have a screen, because it's a dedicated device, we're able to optimize better. You can do GPS navigation for... Uh, we say up to 24 hours. The worst case I've seen is about 18 for someone who used the camera a whole lot and really intensively used it. I think the worst we've seen is like about 18 hours of use. And I've seen people go up to about 28, 29 hours of use. So let's say on average, 22 to 24 hours is a good spot. But yeah, so I mean, in the fact that we're adding more and more and more features to it, And we haven't raised the price, right? It's been the same price since we launched. We're adding features for free because we know that it is a little bit on the expensive side. And that's something that, you know, as much as I wish I could bring the price down, it is not something we can do. The components that go inside this thing are pretty expensive. So the price is set at, you know, the lowest we could set it in order to still be profitable because at the end of the day, it is what it is. We're a business. But, you know, we have to make sure that it is also affordable so that people can buy it. It is our goal to make things as affordable as possible. But yeah, so now what we're doing is to increase the value is we're adding features, more and more features as time go by. You know, we've added, as I said, the barcode, the color recognition. We've made the map smaller. So it used to be that you could only fit four or five states on the device. Now you can fit over 20. So yeah, we're trying to make things better and better as time goes by. And there's no plan on raising the price, at least in the nearby future. I want to talk about some new things coming out, but I want to give a scenario first that just could give you an idea. And I want Chris to tell a quick story. I want to give a scenario about what could make this so useful to many of you. So let's say you get up in the morning, you grab your favorite box of cereal. There are several of you in the house. You don't know what to grab. So you use a barcode reader to grab your favorite box of cereal. And then let's say you have an appointment somewhere. So you get into your Uber or you get into your Lyft to go to your appointment. And you automatically can follow that route with your Uber or Lyft driver and make sure that you get exactly where you need to go to that appointment. You get into your appointment, you leave, you come home, you do the same thing. And let's say if you're me, you have an Etsy box sitting in your mailbox waiting for you when you come home. And I buy a lot of soaps and handmade creams and things like that from Etsy, a lot of, you know, handmade beauty products. So I might get that out and I might use Quick Read or perhaps even a more detailed read to find out what my soap is and be able to read Uh those handwritten labels on my Etsy box. So not only can I learn where my package came from, I can learn exactly what I got in the box. So, I mean, just huge variety of things right there from GPS to practical things of learning what your products are, what your cereal was, you know, reading your address perhaps when you get to that appointment that you went to earlier. And speaking of addresses, Chris, tell that quick story about what we did, because this is just a case in point of why GPS is so cool. Which story? The one about the place we found right at the last minute. 
Okay, I thought you wanted me to talk about the phone taking a crap, and if I had my GPS... Oh, you can do that one too, whichever one you want. We can do both. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, we're going to talk about two stories real quick. And the first one is that over the summer, we were planning a vacation we wanted to do four things. Yeah, staycation. Right. So, the first day, we were doing a trip to the Naval Park here. And we also wanted to do a boat tour where, you know, we could ride the Buffalo River and see, you know, what was there. Well, it turns out that the day before we went on the Naval Park tour, I was showing Kim map browsing mode. And we placed ourselves at the Naval Park and we're like, well, what's around for us to eat? So we did a nearby, you know, what's around and we found out that the boat place was 400 feet from the Naval Park. So we booked our tickets. So we had two things to do that Monday and not just one because we would have been highly upset if we would have booked the boat tour later in the week only to have just gone literally right by the Naval Park. And that actually is in the tutorial. We did mention that in the tutorial as well because it's a good story on how you can utilize tools that you have. Now, the other thing that we were talking about, too, we mentioned in a recent podcast episode, and that was the fact that I went to go do something and my phone died. I mean, my phone died spectacularly. It wouldn't connect to the internet. I couldn't call Lyft. I couldn't call Uber. And I couldn't use BlindSquare. At the time, I had left my Stellar Trek at home, which was a bad idea because I had no GPS. I had no way to find anything about where I was. and If I had had the Stellar Trek and about five bucks, I could have found the nearest bus stop with the Stellar Trek and I could have made my way home. There you go. Cautionary tale. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and the Stellar Trek's not that big, so there's no excuse for not bringing it along every time it fits in the pocket quite easily. Thank you. We're we're far from the day where you had to have a backpack and, you know, the first Trekker, which was apparently quite the endeavor. I haven't seen it myself, but from what I've heard, it was quite the endeavor to carry around. It was Um, on a strap. Yeah. I've seen it. It was on a strap. You wore the strap. The GPS was kind of up the strap, coming up on your back. And it was a PDA with a membrane keypad. So it was a touchscreen device with a membrane keypad that you used, and you pressed those buttons to interact with the touchscreen. Okay. Yeah, that sounds a little bit cumbersome. It kind of was. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I'm excited about this product. It is a great, great product that we've launched last year. And we are working, as we speak, we are working on some new features some things that will be coming in the first half of 2024. I'm hoping for the first quarter, but I'm going to say first half just to be safe. But we are working right now on the crosswalk detection mode, which allows you to detect where a crosswalk is in the street. So those people in the UK call them zebras, but the lines on the ground that tell you that you can safely cross. So once again, this is using artificial intelligence. And once again, just like all the other artificial intelligence features in the Stutter Trek, it does not require an internet connection. And that's one of the advantages over the phone is that it is all done offline on the device. We allow you to see where the crosswalk is to help you make a better decision about crossing the street. Once you've located your crosswalk, we also have traffic 
pedestrian light signal detection mode, which allows you to point your stutter upward. And then if there is a pedestrian light signal where you are, it's usually in the form of a little, you know, a little guy who's walking or a hand that tells you to stop with a countdown. It's going to see that light. It's going to tell you what mode it is. If it's green, if you can go forward or if it's the hand that tells you to stay. And then if it's the hand and there's a countdown, it's going to read that countdown out loud to you every five seconds. So it's going to say 17 and then five seconds later, it's going to say 12 and then seven and then two. And then, you know, that it stopped. So this will help inform your decision to cross the street. And lastly, we also have, we're working on, I should say, because this is a little unsure if it's going to make this release because we want to make sure it's proper, but we're working on anti-veering. So meaning that if you're crossing the street and you're going a little bit too much to the left or a little bit too much to the right, we know that some blind people have, you know, sometimes a little bit of an issue following a straight line. So they sometimes veer to the left or veer to the right. We want to give instructions and tell you to readjust your course so that you don't end up in the middle of the intersection, obviously. And that's a very important feature to get right because that crosswalk and the pedestrian light, because these are features that directly impact the user security. So this is not the kind of feature that, you know, on door detection, if we tell you, oh, we found one door and it's 125, and then for some reason it misread it, it was 128. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Worst case is you're going to get a little bit of embarrassment because you're going to get into a door that, you know, you thought was the right one and it's not. I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but there's no security issues there. Whereas if I tell you, oh yeah, there's a traffic light here and it says it's green and in reality it's red and you shouldn't be crossing and you go ahead and cross, then that's a much bigger issue. So as... You should have oncoming car detection. Well, you laugh, but we are working on a feature that will help with buses. So when you're at a bus stop, to read the number that's on the bus. That's not in the next update. That's in the future. But we would like the user to be able to take a picture of the bus and tell you this is a 23. And then, oh, no, that's not the one I want. I want the 45. But we do have, you know, the standard disclaimers on the device, but I'm going to say them here as well, is that the stutter track does not replace in any way, shape, or form your O&M skills your white cane or your guide dog, depending on which tool you're using, it's a supplement to those tools. So listen to it, trust it to a degree with a grain of salt, but always use your ears. You know, if we're telling you, and you know what, at the end of the day, even if the light's green and you can cross the street, it doesn't mean that there's not some, I'm going to be polite, but some jerk who's coming on the other way and just runs the red light. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't know. And even for a sighted person, I look and I see a green light, I still look both ways before I cross because there might be someone who's distracted or a jerk or whatever the case may be. So please, please, please do still use your O&M skills, listen to oncoming traffic, do all of that fun stuff that you learn in your O&M courses with your O&M instructors. But you have a little bit of added, you know, comfort and that'll work 99.9% of the time. But for that 0.1%, it can be bad if something happens. So please don't you know, completely rely on it. But yeah, we wanted to provide that. And then some of the other stuff we're working on, and that's for further down the road, either late 2024 or 2025, but we are working on object detection. So we would like for you to be able to train your stellar check to know what your wallet looks like, what your keys look like, what your white cane looks like, and then be able to detect it in your environment and find it easier. 
So that's object recognition. There's currency recognition. There's a lot of things we can do with those cameras that we've put on the device that we want to bring. And I mean, if you have a genius idea and you think that, you know, it's going to be a great help, you can definitely send us an email to info at humanware.com. It'll be forwarded on to me and I'll be more than happy to take it into account. And if needed, we'll set a call and discuss it. Absolutely. And just to mention another caveat here, because I know somebody's going to ask, this is not a trick that includes book reading capabilities. So just keep that in mind if this is something that interests you. That's why we haven't talked about it. The Victor Reader trick that was the predecessor to this did. This does not. So just want to allay any confusion there. Yeah, yeah. So the Victor Reader trick came out in 2017 and we've, you know, combined both. And what we found was that a lot of people, and I know this from working in technical support at Humanware. I used to work tech support at Humanware when I came in three years ago. A lot of the people who bought a Trek bought it for either just the GPS, so they, all they used on it was the GPS, or all they used it for was the book reading portion, but they wanted the additional memory in the Bluetooth because back in the day we didn't have the Stream 3 and the Bluetooth was used. So the decision was made, and that's before my time, but it's a decision I agree with. Sometimes there are decisions that were made that I don't agree with, but this one I do. The decision was made that, you know, no, not no one, I'm not going to say no one because that would be a lie, but the majority of people buy it for either feature, just the book reading or just the GPS. There are people who use it for both. I agree. I understand. But that's not the majority of the users of the VR trick we found. So we made the decision to split them, split both lines of product again. So the Stream 3 is dedicated book reader, doesn't have any GPS features, doesn't have GPS chip or anything. And then the Stutter Trek became, once again, our dedicated GPS product and doesn't have book reading capabilities and is just really the GPS. And then the Victor Reader Trek, we've announced recently, but is going to come at the end of its life at the end of this year, at the end of 2023. We're going to be selling our last units in December of 2023. And we weren't sure if we were going to continue to produce it beyond 2023 but the decision was kind of made for us because one of the components that is required i think it's the main board if i remember correctly but one of the big components that's required to make the vr trek is not available anymore so we can't manufacture any even if we wanted to we couldn't manufacture anymore so we made the decision to at the end of 23 discontinue the vr trek as is always the case with humanware products we will continue to supporting it for 3 years past this so that means that you know if you have any questions tech support questions if you need a repair we set aside the components to be able to repair it beyond the end of life so that till December 31st 2026 i also plan unless there's a major major change to the map infrastructure i also plan on releasing a yearly map update at least until 2026 perhaps a little bit beyond i'm not sure yet but at least till 2026, we want to release yearly map updates. Once again, with the caveat that if here maps changes their infrastructure and that would require a software update, then that's not something we will do. But I would say at this point, I'm about 95% sure we'll be able to go through to 2026. And yeah, the Star Trek is now, you know, Humanware's GPS product. We're excited about it. We really like it. And we're really hoping that, you know, after listening to Mystic Access Tutorial, you will like it too. Absolutely. We certainly hope so. And it's been great fun collaborating once again and doing this. It's been a long, intensive labor of love, as I said earlier, but we hope many of you will benefit. So please do check it out and you can get it on the Humanware support page, support.humanware.com, and you'll find Stellar and you'll go from there. Or you can visit us, mysticaccessdownloads.com, and access it from there. And of course, you can get your 
Trek from Humanware should you wish to purchase a Stellar of your own. Matt, thank you. It's been such a pleasure as always. It's been real pleasure again. I think it's my third time on this podcast, and I really hope it's not my last. Mm, absolutely it not. It doesn't seem like it will be. So. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. We hope you have enjoyed this discussion on the Stellar Trek and the Stellar Trek audio tutorial. It is available now on mysticaccessdownloads.com, and it should be available later today on... Support.humanware.com. Right, support.humanware.com. So that's where you would find it. Yep, just go to the Stellar Trek section or page when you get there, and you will find it. And as crazy as it sounds, we will see you in December. Ah! Yep, December's coming up. It is. Almost the end of the year. 2023 is almost over. It's almost over. Hope it was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and wish to experience less stress and more fun on your unique assistive technology journey, our comprehensive audio documentation and additional offerings are here to support you. We welcome your visit at mysticaccess.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have comments to share about this episode, follow our phone menu prompts to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. And connect with us on social media, Mastodon, mysticaccess.online, and facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Anyone may explore our extensive archives and subscribe to receive our bi-weekly episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our content, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for spreading the word and for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Music